0: Go! I want to say, you ready, Church? And I want a big old applause. But <laughs> we've got a total of four people here this morning. We've got a skeleton crew going after it, uh, man. It, this is uh, this is going to be uh, an interesting service. Uh, it's something that we're we're not used to. So uh, hey, uh, we're not used to this. You're not used to this. But we're believing God's going to do something awesome uh, through the through the power of technology and what He has given us. So. Oh, man it 's just we 're in a position in our world it's it 's unlike anything that we 've ever ever experienced anything we 've ever been really used to and I am thankful that our um, that our president has made today a national day of prayer and so Uh, What we're going to do right now is we're going to, before we go any further into the service, uh, because he has asked us to uh, come together as churches, uh, even though we can't meet in a location, one location, we're meeting in all these different locations, I want to take just a moment for us to spend some time. Uh, in prayer and just bringing uh, our nation before God, bringing our world before God, bringing our community before God. So if you will, hey, join me in praying right now. Lord Jesus, we humbly come before you, our Father who loves us and cares for us. Lord, we we are so thankful that we're able to have these gatherings, uh, not in person, but in in different homes and able to send this out uh, through the video. Lord, we ask right now as we join together in different locations in prayer, Lord, that you just begin to heal our nation. Lord, we, we come before you knowing that you are a God who loves, a God that cares, a God that hears our prayers. And Lord, we just uh, just ask that you just give uh, our our world wisdom. Uh, we ask for the world leaders to be able to make the right decisions. Lord, we ask for that the leaders of our country would be guided and directed in the right way to move forward. Lord, and this, things that are just unknown, this uncharted area that we are walking into. Oh, we ask that you give our leaders uh, wisdom. Oh, we ask for you to create, create a sense of, of peace that isn't our, of our own, Lord, us peace that comes from you. Oh, we ask that you bless our community. Lord, we know that there's people right now dealing with uh, their circumstances, people that are in situations that they didn't realize that they would be in at, at this moment. Lord, we thank you that uh, you, you are with them, that your spirit can be in those rooms and in those, in those homes, that you can be there strengthening uh, them. We ask that you would, Lord, bless them and, and strengthen them. Lord, we ask for anointing upon doctors and nurses in the medical field, Lord, those that are dealing hands-on with this situation. We bless, ask you bless them, strengthen them, give them peace and your comfort, Lord. Lord, we just acknowledge that you are God, you are supreme, and that we will move forward, Lord, knowing that we are not being led by a spirit of fear, but a but of spirit of, of power and of anointing by your presence, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. So here we are. We are uh, in, in a, a unique situation, coming to you through a, through a, a video and and uh, trying to move forward in the best way that we can. and And this really is a, a season of uncharted uh, of uncharted area. We we are in a place that we are navigating the, the unknown. Our government is navigating a place of the unknown. Our businesses are trying to figure out how they're going to move forward. Schools and. Are, are, are trying to figure out how uh, kids are going to still get their education and, and churches. Churches are trying to figure out uh, how we can um, be used by God and be strengthened and, and how we can continue to be the church in a community. And, and there's families. Families are dealing with their own situations. And so uh, this is—life uh, is this way, though. This isn't—we're we, dealing with something unique, something that's d- different. But we are in a, a place right now that— the, like, it just magnifies how life works so life is uncharted life is life is living in, in places of, of the unknown uh, it's and it's really the anxiety of the unknown that that powers all this uh, psychologists call uh that anxiety for the unknown the the fear that rules all fears uh we're dealing with an enemy right now that uh, that we can't see uh, we don't know if if uh, if we have it on us as we walk into into our homes. We don't know if the person that's beside us, of course, six feet away, uh, has it on, on them. Uh, we don't know who's carrying it. It's 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 unsettling, and that's the, the, the thing that, that with uh, going in uncharted areas, it's it's unsettled areas. It's it's in the area of our politics. It's in the area of economics. It's in the area of our health. And, and maybe it's it, not, not just with this virus, but with your health. That you, You've already had something that's been creeping up on you and something that's you've already been diagnosed with. Something you're already uh, dealing with. Maybe there's some pain in your life that, that you're just not sure what it means or what's next. There's an unsettledness there. There's also the unsettledness in relationships maybe maybe for you it's it's the your marriage there's some unsettledness it's it's not what you thought it would be it's not what you want it to be and you're not sure what the what, what it's going to take place next and maybe it's unsettled because you're not in a marriage maybe it's uh, you're at a position where you're 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 wondering if if that next step will ever come or if you need to take that next step and there's unsettledness with with children I mean, how, what, how are your kids, kids going to grow up? What college are they going to go to? What, what sports are they going to be involved in? Will they be successful? And there's so much of it that is just unsettled. And really, it's that unsettledness, the uneasiness, the unknown is, is scary because we don't have control. It, it's uncontrollable. This, is, uh, this for me is the hardest part. I can't control what's next. I can't control uh, whether we're a, uh, able to gather together. I, I'm not able to control it. And for all of us, especially I, for maybe it's for me, uh, I, I stand alone in this, but I need a sense of control. At least, uh, you know, like an illusion of being in control. And I thank my wife, Jolene, for, for giving me that that illusion of at least being in control. And It's just that uncontrolled. It's it's the hardest part of of knowing what we're doing, and and that uncontrolled area. That uncontrolled, and knowing where I'm going with my first child, my uncontrolled of what I'm going to do in my my ministry. We may hate the unknown, but it seems interesting that God really, really uh, seems to love to take us into the unknown. Abraham was asked to leave his home for the unknown. Esther was asked to confront a king, and the the results were unknown. Gideon was asked to fight a large army with a small contingent of men carrying pots, torches, and some trumpets. Paul was asked to uh, plant churches, and when he asked where, the response was, you'll see. Most of you know, I just returned from Israel. And no, I, I, I don't have the coronavirus. Uh, I, I am Corona Light. I am officially able to say that I, I am not uh, don't have the coronavirus. Uh, it was uh, it was an interesting trip, but I uh, I I was, I was there. Uh, I got to see something that represented the unknown, uh, unlike anything else. It was uh, it was the wilderness uh, of of the uh, in, in in Israel. They call it the Negev. Uh, Moses was preparing his his group of Israelites and all all the people that he was leading to go into the the promised land. And he gives them some instructions in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 8. It says this, he says, You shall therefore keep every commandment which I am commanding you today, so that you may be strong and go in to possess the land into which you are about to cross to possess it. So that you may prolong your days on the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them and their descendants. A land flowing with milk and honey. A land flowing with milk and honey. Now, this is one of those things, as soon as you see that word, uh, those words, a land flowing with milk and honey, what do you think of? Of course, uh, this is an image that most of us would automatically go to. It's a a land flowing with milk and honey, a a beautiful land that's prosperous. In fact, the the, uh, Merriam-Webster dictionary, uh, when you look it up, says this about the land of milk and honey, a place where there is plenty of food and money and life is very easy it, it, this is we see when we study scripture what's the most important thing that we study it in is that we study it in what come on louder than that what's the most important thing we study uh, when we say the bible is God, all right the second most important thing is what God, right there in your living room let me hear the third most important thing when we study scripture is what God, all right man we got loud there nice <laughs> oh man this is fun oh context is so important because when we see this we think immediately a place that's just flowing that's more prosperous than anything but when Moses was preparing them to come into the promised land he was preparing them to come into this place this is an aerial photo of modern day Israel and what's interesting is as as you look at it there's two distinct colors on on the bottom uh, there is the brown and on the uh, the top there is the green it's almost a, a division here Uh, In fact, uh, 70% of Israel is in the brown. Uh, Today, we have uh, uh, irrigation, and they're able to actually pump out of the Mediterranean and and distill the water that is the salt water and use it uh, for their purposes. They have amazing technology there today uh, that has actually made it greener than it was in the time uh, of of the Bible. But what's interesting is we think of it as a place that's just flowing, and if, if it's flowing with milk and honey, it must be flowing with water, but it's just, that's not the case. When you look at of uh, at Israel, you have a couple bodies of water that are seen. The number one is, the, at the top there, is the Sea of Galilee. And when you say the word sea, we think of a big body of water, but in fact, the Sea of Galilee is, is really just a large lake. Um... And, and it doesn't have that much, uh, that much water to supply a fertile land. Then you have the Jordan River that flows right here. Now most of us, when we hear the word Jordan River, it's such a term that we're used to hearing. We put into our mind a picture of like the Mississippi or maybe the Ohio River. But in fact, uh, it's more like Stillwater Creek or at best the T County, the Tuscarora County River. At best is what is the flow that you get from the Jordan River and then it flows all the way down here into this big water uh body of water which uh today is actually smaller than it was it it would have been all of this at the time of the bible uh but it's called the dead sea and it's not very valuable for uh growing anything because well it's it's dead it's full of salt so what, is, what does uh, Moses mean when he says that this land is going to be a place that is good for milk and honey? And it really, it boils down to two things. It is a place where both shepherds and farmers can coexist. In the north is where you can grow and you have your vineyards and you can produce uh, your agriculture. In the south part of the, of the land is where you are able to produce or to ha- have your sheep. Which is interesting because you you wouldn't think of that as being a place where there are sheep. But here's what uh, Moses continued to say in Deuteronomy. He said, "...for the land into which you are entering to possess it is not like the land in Egypt from which you came, where you used to sow your seed and water it with your foot like a vegetable garden." This is what the uh, in in Egypt they had the Nile River, which would flood, and they would actually carve out irrigation paths around their farmland. And when they wanted to water a certain part of that, they would just stomp down, and that would allow the water to flow into that area to water uh, what the plants that needed to be watered. But Moses saying it's not going to be like that in the land that you're going to in the land that you're going to, but the land into which you are about to cross to possess it is a land of hills and valleys, and it drinks water from the rain of heaven. It it drinks from the rain of heaven, a land which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning even to the end of the year. In other words, Moses is saying you're going into a land where you're not going to be dependent upon a river, you're going to be dependent upon God. You cannot be dependent upon the water of the Nile. You're going to have to be dependent from the rain that comes from the heavens. And so in this wilderness place, he's saying you're going to go into a place where you're going to need God to show up all year round. You're going to need God. And, and, and when you study scripture, you see that almost every biblical character spends time in the wilderness and is, uh, is shaped by their experience in the wilderness. Abraham was was called to the wilderness. I'm called from the wilderness. Jacob fled from his brother Esau into the wilderness. Moses fled from Egypt into the wilderness and spent 40 years there. The nation of Israel ends up spending 40 years in the wilderness. David was a wilderness shepherd. The prophets spent lots of time in the wilderness. John the Baptist did his ministry along the Jordan River, which required people to cross the wilderness to join him. Jesus spent 40 years. 40, I'm sorry, 40 days in the wilderness. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, spent three years in the wilderness. God uses the wilderness to form his people. Yes, it is a threatening place, but it is also a constructive place. Wilderness experiences can either become remarkable opportunities for, for us to experience renewal and growth in our faith, or they can be places where we, we find ourselves full of bitterness And anger. So the question is Will we be formed by God in the wilderness, or will we allow the anxiety of the wilderness and the unknown to consume us? The Bible doesn't give one example, not one example, of a godly man or woman who avoids a wilderness experience. As we were in Israel, one of the the neatest experiences happened as as we were there in the Negev wilderness, uh, which again is in the southern part. We're close to the bottom here. Um, in in this area right here, Uh, and we experienced something that was incredibly unique. Uh, Of course, here's the terrain of the Negev. You can see it. It's, It's open. It's spacious. It's just brown. Everywhere you look is just brown dirt, and it's so easy to get lost. It's so easy to get turned around because there's no really good landmarks. Everywhere you turn is just another hill of Of brown but we saw something that was uh, really cool is we we, at one point we saw uh, five different flocks uh, that came and passed us on different directions and and in this one this is a a flock a herd I guess a herd of camels and uh, what's interesting is of course there's a group of camels but this right here is a shepherd It's a man guiding them through these camels to, from where they were to where they needed to go. And, and then this is one that's a little bit harder to see, but you can, uh, here you can see this is a, a flock of sheep and goats right here. And, and it was so cool to see them. They came really close to us. And, and here in the front, they are, of course, have their, their shepherd. It's interesting that this shepherd was a, a young lady. Uh, again, one of those things that a misnomer of our understanding of what a shepherd is in our day but that's another time for another message i'll keep going so here they can walk through here and it hit me that the only way that these sheep or these animals or whatever it is that's in the wilderness are able to survive in a inhospitable place is if they have a expert guide so when we are confronted with an unknown with the with a place of an uncharted area we need to put our footing in the known the one that we would go to immediately is Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in one. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's in this scripture that we see that we are dependent upon a good shepherd to get through the wilderness. There's a couple things that I want to point out to you, and I could spend a whole series on this message. But first thing that you need to understand about being dependent upon a good shepherd is that you need to, you have to have a shepherd who can locate your food, your sustenance, what you are dependent upon. He needs to be able to be able to locate the water that you are in need of. And again, I could spend an entire message on each one of these, uh, each portion of this of a good shepherd a good shepherd has to have the right directions he has to point you in the in the direction you need to go and then fourthly you need to have a good shepherd who gives you protection and 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 so looking at this and understanding that to go through the uncharted to go and navigate the unknown we we need to have someone guiding us we need a, a good shepherd it's it's interesting that Uh, that in hebrews the writer of hebrews shows us and takes us back to abraham abraham is described in hebrews chapter 11 verse 8 it says that faith motivated abraham to obey god's call and to leave the familiar to discover the territory he was destined to inherit from god so he left with only a promise without even knowing ahead of time where he was going abraham stepped out in faith and and Man, we're in a season right now of being in the uncharted. In your own life, you're, you're probably stepping into a place that the future is always that. It's the unknown. So how do we move forward in the unknown? The, uh, navigating the, the places that we're not familiar with. Going into, a place, into situations where we're not comfortable. And the first thing that we see in this example of Abraham is that you need to have faith in the unfamiliar. You need to have faith in the unfamiliar. God called him out and he walked into a he walked out of what he was comfortable with and walked into a place that he was no longer comfortable. The second thing that we see in in this in the example of Abraham is that you need to discover your destiny. See, so you you need to understand that you have A call upon your life. God has created you. He has made you. You have a purpose. You are designed by him to do great and amazing things. And and you cannot do those things until you step into the unfamiliar. You need to allow yourself to discover what God has called you into. And the third and most important thing that you need to understand, it is that God is for you he is for you he is with you and in the midst of the uncharted in the midst of the unknown in the midst of the uncomfortable the chaos the the, the place that we are finding ourselves right now is when we need to depend upon him and know that he is for us all of this comes together and of course jesus uses all that he has talked about and he brings it all together in John 10, 11, And he says, I, Jesus. He's Jesus, this is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the good shepherd. We, we're going to get through this, this uncharted area, this, this place of the unknown, this place that is uncontrolled. We need to have a good shepherd. And Jesus is that good shepherd. And the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. I, I want to pause right now. And I, as we close out this online service and getting through this this unknown that we've walked through i want us to pause and just turn to the good shepherd i want to turn to our our heavenly father who who is the one who is with us god is with us he's going to walk us through the unfamiliar and he's going to walk us into our destiny we just need to take that next step with him so if you're there in your living room or in your office, at your desk, I don't know where where you're at, but right now, let's take a moment and just turn ourselves to the good shepherd. The Bible says that we are to repent uh, and turn to him. That simply means to turn your life from doing it your own way, staying in the comfortable, staying in the familiar, and turning to Jesus Christ. So will you join me in this prayer? It's a prayer of commitment. You can use your own words. You can repeat the words that I'm gonna use But let's do this right now. Lord Jesus, we turn to you. We're thankful that you are the good shepherd who's going to guide us through every difficulty, through every unknown, that you're going to navigate, that you are the one who's going to provide for us, that we can depend upon you, that, Lord, you are there for us. We turn to you for strength and for encouragement and boldness. Lord, we turn to you for salvation. Save us, Lord. You saved us by going to the cross and dying for our sins. You were buried and you resurrected. And because of that, your spirit is available to us today. So we give you our lives. We turn to you and we're going to follow after you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, I want to pray a prayer blessing over us as we close out this service. And uh, we want to pray that you would be strengthened, that you would be encouraged, that God would go with you, that he is with you and he is for you. Lord, we thank you for this church family that's gathered together and online and and in their homes and in the different places. Lord, I ask that you bless them. Lord, bless them in this uh, uncharted area, this place of being uh, of the unknown. Lord, give us strength, give us boldness, allow us to be gifted to go where you need us to go and to do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and give you peace, a peace that is beyond our understanding. In Jesus' name, blessings.